When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And breathe, everybody. Good afternoon. Good evening. Welcome to the Talk and Cop. It is a full-time reaction show. I'm your host, Matt. I'm joined by Robbie. I'm joined by Kev. I'm joined by Chris Brack. It has finished in a, I believe the technical term for it is a ding-dong at Anfield. Liverpool 4, Fulham 3. Robbie, 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 how did you like that? I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Well, yeah, I was a very angry man. Um, up to, you know, with about nine minutes to play, but uh, oh, like, and, and and like Endo, what what a, what a guy, like you know, and that's that's it's, that's a second good goal for 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 Liverpool now. That header in the in the in the uh, UEFA Cup as well to add to it today, but what a guy! And then my man, that scouts are in our team, strikes at home for us to to give us the three points. But uh, oh, it's fantastic! But you know. That there are, there were some negatives, and I'm sure we're going to have to talk about them. But uh, what it's going to do is sicken Arsenal fans and sicken City fans who are in probably in the concourse, you know, having a few points laughing at us at, at three two. But that's what uh, if you want to have if you know if you want to have pretensions to win the league, you got to do these things, you know. And we did it today, and it reminded me back in the back in the good old days of, of Klopp one point zero. So yeah, 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 it was great. Yeah. Yeah, Bracky, that was uh, uh, slight shades of Norwich for Liverpool five about it, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, my foot's killing me. I've absolutely volleyed, <laughs> foot volleyed something across the room. So I'll be honest, I think I've like broken something in my foot. <laughs> so, yeah, I agree with Robbie. Listen, it'll it'll be a sickener for a lot of opposition fans. I'll be honest, judging by social media, it'd be sick of some of our fans. The amount of fans I've read who were. Uh, Happy to give it to Fulham. I'm glad Fulham won it because they deserve it. And I've never left the match early. Generally, lads, if you're leaving matches early still, fuck off and give your ticket to someone else. You know, yeah. That what you're in it for. Yeah, you've got to go for it. You know, keep going. Uh, but yeah, look, that was mental brilliance. It's just the worst way to go. Mental brilliance today. And I I was got the endo goal. I've never separated a goal so much. And it wasn't even because it was an equalizer, because I don't really care about that. It was because of who it was, because mm-hmm. he's a guy who gets a lot of unfair stick, I think. And Big goal, you know, and then Trent doing Steven Gerrard impression, which is always good. Love it, love it. Yeah, Endo gets a little stick it into the top bin to make it 3-3. I mean, Kev, this is why we like doing these shows, isn't it? This is so much better than a drab nil-all at Chelsea or going away to Bournemouth and losing. This is so much better. 
I'll tell you what, mate, at four o'clock, this show was going to be a very different show. <laughs> this show was going to be a very different show at 3-2. I can guarantee you that. It That game was nuts. And you'll usually get two or three of them a season. You know, and the most all the all important thing in games is you come out on top. You know, by hook or by crook, you get the three points. And when we look back at the end of the season, you look back at, you know, draw away at Man City, good result in Europe, 4-3 at home against Fulham. And, and in context, later on, we'll see how important this is. But I don't think Fulham are as bad a side as their league position says they're in. I think they've got problems at the top of the pitch. So, other than that, I think they're a decent side with some very good young players. Um, but you you saw the best and worst of us today mm. in so many ways. It was it turned into a ding dong, and it never should have been allowed to do that. It was is one of those games that we had in the palm of our hand, and we um, we found a way to contrive a, a football match when that should never have been allowed to happen. But all that matters at the end of the day is three points, job done. Thank you very much. Onwards to Sheffield in midweek. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But uh, it, I, Matt, no doubt is relief, mate. It is relief. You know, it, it's the overriding feeling for me. Joy, delighted, is relief. Yeah. Because that was, that was big. That was important. Yeah, it's uh, that's the type of game that you just can't be dropping points in. Even if we'd have clawed it back to the draw, you know, we'd be sitting on here trying to find silver linings. But that's just a game that we have to win. Like, if we're going to mount any amount of title challenge this season, which I do think we are, I've always said that from before a ball was kicked this season, our home form needs to be absolutely perfect, almost. And so far, so good, even though it was a bit shaky. But I think you're right to point out that uh, Fulham, I thought, were set up very well today. And I mean... Kudos to Marco Silva. He still has yet to beat Liverpool in a league game. I believe that's seven straight losses now for Marco Silva uh, as a manager in the Premier League. But our lineup coming out, I mean, it seemed like a pretty easy one to predict. I was thinking about it before lineups dropped this morning, and the only one that I got wrong was Gravenberch instead of Jones. But Kelleher in goal, obviously. Trent Matte, Virgil, Simicast, Sabasai, McAllister, Gravenberch, Salah, Darwin, Diaz through the middle. I mean... Pretty, pretty much to be expected, right, Robbie? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, I think, I think did Jones get the full ninety on Thursday? I can't recall. No, I, can't remember. I think he came on as a sub, didn't he? Did he come on as a sub? Yeah, yeah. I was at it, and so that shows how much I, I was uh, <laughs> <laughs> earlier in the pub on on, on Thursday. But uh, yeah, yeah, I thought Jones might have been in there, but uh, yeah, the team pretty much, pretty much picked itself. It's, it's only really the. the the midfield is, is where and is where you could you could chop and change and and uh, with with uh, Gakpo getting the start on uh, Thursday he definitely did didn't he uh, yeah. I thought yeah he's, he 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 won't make the starting lineup on 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 today on Sunday so uh, yeah I think I think you, I, you couldn't complain about the team and everything was going well like I thought up until up until their goal their first goal I mean you know I thought we started very well. Um, from right from the right from the get go, Salah put a lovely ball through to Sabozli in the, the first couple of minutes. I remember, and it was, it was drilled offside. But uh, they played some good stuff, and Fulham weren't putting many passes together. They couldn't really hold on to the ball. 
then we had the the, the offside goal around the eight ninth minute um, with Diaz being slightly off, and then and then we had the the long the injury delay, which I thought maybe the lads probably got a bit cold and and you know it took a bit of a sting out of of of, of the play, play at that stage, you know. Um, but yeah, happy with the team, no complaints at all. Um, but as as it transpired, some some play better than others, you know. Mm. That's always how it works. And I mean, Chris, uh, Fulham lineup with Burn Leno and goal, Kenny Tetti, uh, Shirley Bassey, Tim Ream, Anthony Robinson, Paulinha, another Reed, Awobi Pereira, former Liverpool uh, Academy product, Harry Wilson, and Raul Jimenez up top. And I was, I mean, just to glance over the whole game, I was very impressed with how well Raul Jimenez played that up top striker role. Like he was a constant pest throughout the entire game. And Anthony Robinson, he was a player that I really liked last season for Fulham, and I thought he had another great game for Fulham today. Yeah, he did. Fulham played well. Look, they're, they're well set up. I think Marcus Silva's record against Klopp's slightly better than we think. Not at Anfield, but I know I know it is when he's playing at home, he actually has got quite a few results against Klopp. Uh, so he always said some well. Him and as I thought, did the link-up play well. The one time he got his link-up play wrong led to the McAllister mm-hmm. goal, which we'll, we'll It's a great assist. Great it's, assist. A, it's the best assist he'll ever do in his life. Um <laughs> You know, but yeah, they're just an annoying side for them. They're one of those sides where, on you, if you play your best, you should beat them, which we've bought. If you're slightly below par, these are a side that can they know how to hurt these big teams. I think that's what people know with Fulham is as long as you switched on, you need to do. But you know, I've seen a few in the chat. You'll see, you know, it does the result cover a multitude of sins, possibly. But I actually thought we played really well against City. You know, you wonder is this going to be another looter results? But we kind of find a way of getting through. There are things we can certainly do better, you know, finishing being one. <laughs> because we've decided all of a sudden we don't we can miss four or five big chances and then shit the bed when it gets to three two. But yeah, yeah, listen, it's it's a team in progress, you know. We've got to have these sort of areas, I think, when it's a new team and a new layout. Uh we saw yesterday, I mean, Arsenal should should be smashing wolves at home. And they missed too many big chances and what happened hanging on at a two one. So are Arsenal worried about it? No, not really. They're just they're happy they got the win. That's what we've got to look at. And we now know, you know, Arsenal got Luton next, so we've got to do better away at Sheffield United. And I expect to see all five changes again, partly because yeah. of rotation, and partly because I think a couple players, a little bit of a kick of the arse is probably needed. Yeah. All right. Well, enough about these formalities, Kev. Let's get right into the juicy bits because uh, there is a lot of starred notes uh, here that I've taken throughout <laughs> the game. I'm going to go to the first one, which I noted just before uh, Sabasai won a free kick in the 18th minute. What the fuck did Darwin Nunes do to his hair? (laughs) (laughs) Chris Chris sent me a video of him getting off the bus, right? Because the thing is, I was out this morning, so I didn't watch any of the build-up. I come home, my Wi-Fi clicked in, because where I live is a Wi-Fi dead zone. There's no internet when I'm out and about which is really handy if you want to sneak after the pub, by the way. But I got into the house. My phone was like, pop, pop, pop. I looked at it and I was like, I said to Chris, if you're going to dare to leave the house like looking like that, you better back it up. In it, all fairness, no, I'm 51 <laughs> years of age. Who am I going to be giving fashion tips to? But if you're going to walk out the house with a hair, head of hair up and you're looking like that, you better turn up and give, it, give a performance worthy of the day. And he should have had a brace. He really yeah. should have had a brace today. 
he drove me mad with some of his play. Some of his link-up play was really good. His work rate is really good. His intensity is really good. His pace, love it. But his composure, when it matters, isn't there. And it's, I don't mind it. You know, it's great when he's scoring and what have you. And he scored a couple of bangers against Newcastle. Happy days. But, man, when you need a goal and it's yeah. like six yards out and he's your number nine, you got to take that chance. Madge, Madge. Uh, we are, yes, I know. The follically challenged amongst us are seriously jealous. Yes, we are. <laughs> Unlike I, Matt, I, Matt, I double dare you to go out and your poster run tomorrow with that. So, uh, listen, you're about the only one who can when we win the when we win the league. Matt's got Matt's going to do it when we win the league, eh, Matt? Yeah, this is what uh, both Ashley L and uh, Avo have pointed out. Uh, apparently, last show I was on, I said I'd wear my hair like Darwin. I meant like the man bun ponytail, not the uh, no, no, ridiculous no, no. two loaves of challah bread. I did not specify it. You did not specify it. So next show, it's Matt in the braids. Then yeah. the rules now. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know if I have the stones to pull that off. But uh, Robbie, 18th minute, Sabasai cuts in through the middle. He gets chopped down, and my notes are Liverpool free kick right center, 26 yards, danger zone, and Trent Alexander Arnold. Those new predator boots of his. Whoo! Yeah. What a what, hit. Yeah. What a, what an advertisement for Adidas. Um, Absolutely, yeah. It was, a, it was an amazing hit. Like he has the technique, he has the ability. We all know that. Um, but what, what a hit! And where to put it? The keeper had no chance. Um, but you you did hear the bad news that they're taking the goal off him. Um, yeah, I think we goal. need to get some trigonometrists to measure the spin on that ball because <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. that one was hitting down and going in. That was goal bound. Yeah, but uh, oh yeah, well, like I mean. That's a, he's the guy to take the freeze from, you know, in, in that position. And, and I don't know what the tree got, you know, himself, Mo, and I think uh, Sabozle were having a chat for a couple of minutes and what to do, but Trent knew what to do. Mine is always don't let Mo take it. Yeah, no, most, most, most don't score a free kick ever for us. I'm like, oh, no. don't let Mo take it. No, what, what is he else? You shouldn't even be in the conversation, you know, but uh, no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, oh, yeah, I mean. You, you trust them. You trust them to put these things away, but they do take excellent technique and excellent ability, and and he has it. He has it. So he has it there. So, uh, yeah, brilliant, great start. Let's uh, let's get another couple and put this to bed by uh, sixty. Yeah, well, it was it was kind of hoping that it was going to carry on like the last game. You know, we get the first goal, and then immediately we go down. We get a second goal, and we just absolutely take all the sting out of the game. But instead, uh, it's about six minutes later, and I had a hard time telling who put the cross in because there was a fair number of the Fulham players that went with the, ble the bleach blonde hair. But I believe it was Anthony Robinson puts a low, uh, low cross in, and uh, Harry Wilson coming back to bite us. Chris, uh, near post, sneaks it underneath Kelleher. Let's finish. play the blame game. Where, uh, where are we all laying 100% of the blame? Who is shit and should never play for Liverpool ever again? <laughs> Trenton McAllister, because he runs. Oh, okay. So if we flick it the way around, jokes aside, if we flick it the way around, if we score that goal, we're not saying the keeper's shit, the fullback shit. What we're saying is that is a brilliantly late timed third man run into the box, which is what he does. And he, the amazing thing that McAllister can't see him, and it's too, he's too far, not close enough to Trent to engage with him. 
it's got, yeah, he's taking the right crazy. angle off of Trent to yeah, take yeah. Trent out of play. If we're being yeah. honest, if I'm being honest, if we score that, we're going, that's an amazing late run. What a spot, what a finish. I've seen people blame the keeper. Why? Uh, it's this nonsense that oh it's near post you save it. It's it like a it's it like a bullet right at his feet, you know, it goes through his legs. Arbitrage of weight, he probably gets his foot in and clears it, and we'd we'd all be going, What an amazing save that is. To me, I don't think you could blame the keeper for that. He's just left exposed. If we're being nitpicky, between Trent and McAllister, could one of them cut the cross out or perhaps got to Wilson a bit sooner? Maybe. You know, if we want to look at, you know, if you want to look at the keeper, he should do better with the second goal, which we'll come to, because I do think, I mean, he's not the only one, but three or four of them should do better with the second with the second goal. But I think to blame Queen for that one is a, is a bit harsh, but it's, I think it's the world we're in at the moment is... And people tell me it's honesty and it's, you know, we're just giving an opinion and we're not we're not slagging off. It is. It, it basically is, who can we make the scapegoat? We can't make a Curtis Jones, he's not on the pitch. Um, so, and we can't make him a hence to the club. Is it so? Is it, so oh, wrong so club. Let's, so let's let's find a new, let's find a new one. So Keller's getting the blame for everything now. And do you know what? For the goal, it's one of them. I think it's one of them. I, I, I think you give Fulham credit. I think it's a good, well-worked goal by Fulham. I think the second goal and the third goal, I have bigger problems with. I have less issues with the first goal. Yeah. I mean, Kev, what about you? I mean, it always looks like there's blame for the keeper when the ball goes directly underneath his feet. But, I mean, it is a, it's a well-worked goal from Fulham, right? Like, yeah, he you should, feel he look, should have he done should better? Do, he should do better. I think he I think he should be anticipating where that ball is going to go. It's it's not going to go across him. It, it's always going to go near post. But the blame lies with Joel Matip. You do not give the ball away in that area of the pitch that loosely, because everyone is in transition. Everyone is out of position there, and as soon as you lose the ball in your own half, while everyone is already gone, you're scrambling. Joel has pulled out a position out to right back. Trent is acting like a centre back. He's not centre back. McAllister lost the runner. Queen should do better at his near post. But ultimately, this all started with Joel Matic giving the ball away stupidly. And it was a lazy pass. It was a weak pass. It was a slow pass. And it was never going to get to where he wanted it to get to. You know, so it was a complete brain fart on his part that started all this. So that's where the blame lies. Everyone else has tried to scramble around and clear up clear up his fucking mess. You know, but ultimately, just... and I love Joel Matic to bits, but ultimately, that goal is on him. I mean, if you haven't seen the um, City have gone 1-0 down... It's from a corner. It's a breakaway goal. I tell you, if you just had a six, you could just cut those sort of goals out. It'd be fucking brilliant. But anyway, sorry, I keep telling, I keep getting told their their six stops everything. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I mean, Richard Richard Lefebvre says he maintains that if Endo starts, that first goal never happens because he sniffs out the danger and tracks the scorer all the way back to goal. And possibly. there's an argument to there's an argument to be made for that because he is a natural six, and so he's he's more naturally tuned in to those danger areas when the ball's turned over in the dangerous transition areas. But it's... You probably get... You get more on the ball, though, with McAllister. I mean... You get more sort of inception and probably... Get I was like going to say, you don't, you'd given expect, that you'd, you'd scored, expect, but... You'd expect, but in those games, you'd expect those to be dominating the ball more. And mm -hmm. I would say, of, if of the three that started, they're all better passers than Ender. Not that he's a poor passer, but you would just say they've got a bit more inventiveness in them. Well, I'll tell you, he uh, he passes one quite well in about the 87th minute that we'll, we'll get talk, on we'll to. Talk about, we'll talk about Lord Endo in a minute, yeah. I mean, 38th minute, Chris, you mentioned it when we were talking about Jimenez at the start going through lineups. Uh, oh. 
it's Diaz drives drives with the ball. Fulham managed to scramble it away. It comes up in the air. Jimenez tries an outrageous little flick. flick with his head. And as soon as he does it, he throws his hands up in the air because the ball lands to McAllister. And it's a th- the phrase thunder bastard, I think, is what I put in the Telegram group because that's just that's what he could do for Brighton. And it's just great to see. I mean, that's that's a great way to get your first goal. And geek stat of the day, it is for your debut goal for Liverpool, that is the second furthest away. Um, anyone's ever scored, I think it's 29 yards set away from where he's. Where he scored from. Only one player scored from a bigger distance for the debut goal in the Premier League for Liverpool. Now there's a, there's an odd stat. Yeah, it, it's amazing these odd stats are called social media. Do you know who it was? Fruit it's actually away. it comes. It's an infamous Klopp game. Oh, Spurs is one one. Sonner scored again. Oh, it's a great header <laughs> pass to <his> keeper. <laughs> No, I don't know who's uh, who scored the longest. Give Okarigi when we drew two two against West Brom. You know the hole we waved to the cop. His equaliser is from thirty four yards. Apparently, that's that's actually the furthest out. So I was like, oh, there's a mad stat. So there you go, there's a mad stat. But yeah, it, it technique, power, pay. I mean, I'll be honest. I think Paul Leno's going. Fucking hell, lads! What do I have to do here? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just keep putting the top corner. I've got no chance. You know, and fair play to Leno because actually it, it was brave for the one when he bashes his, his head at Diaz's feet. So, but yeah, you were sort of thinking 2 1, settle down now, get to half time, nine minutes out of time, just calm it down. And then yeah. I blame Kev. Kev's the reason it went to 2 2. He jinxed it. He said, yeah, he said, well, he said, he said, we'll see this out the last time now. I believe was the message to me, and it didn't really happen, did it, Kev? Mm. We tried our best to be fair yeah. to make it 3 2. <laughs> We tried to give people the lead. We were doing really well at that. Yeah, <laughs> I look, I well, mean, I mean can... goal was a was a banger. Like, I mean, that yeah. he hit that, and it's it stayed hit. You know, awesome. that was just one of those. It doesn't matter who the goalkeeper is. It, you, when you look at the angle of the shot from behind him, from behind McAllister, it was it was inch perfect, and it was it's like Trent's free kick. It was a really good enough distance out that as long as you got the angle right, it was always going to dip. And it, but this didn't. This held its line and it just stayed here. It was cracking, absolutely cracking goal. Yeah, it, it seemed like it was swerving away from Leno. Like it just had the like he could have had a step stool in the against that post and he would have had a tough time getting to that one. But I mean. Kev, we get into nine minutes of added on time because of the six or seven minutes that we were down uh, waiting for Burn Leno to get checked out and be uh, deemed fit to continue on. And uh, Fulham have a corner, and yeah. Jimenez gets ahead to it. And I don't know why, watching the replay, we had defending the center part of our box, the deepest defenders in the middle of our box were Sabaslai, McAllister, and Darwin Nunez. And I'm not entirely sure how that's allowed to happen. I'm not sure where our center halves are there. I think it's well, from Joel would have been marking the, the yeah, Joel would have been marking the near post. Virgil would have been marking Jimenez. Subaslai and Darwin are both six foot. So they would have been back there and McAllister would have been looking for runners. The problem comes from we don't get out fast enough. Whenever we you see us, and we did it brilliantly for their disallowed goal. The ball comes in. As soon as there's a flick on, you're out. 
because you're catching the guy who's behind you looking for the tap in. It's the only it's the best way to defend those types of goals because if the forwards get a flick on it and you're back trying to defend it, you don't have the reaction time and forwards are running onto the ball, so they have a better chance of scoring if you're sitting deep. So you have to push out. And it was only inches that we didn't get out. But look, Darwin didn't get out. He was oh, the last man. He didn't get out. Hell. So at the end of the day, ultimately, it's it was one of the things that when VAR first came in, the title winning season, really, we were brilliant at defending set pieces. And it was largely because of that. It was instinct. We didn't think oh. about it. We just did it. And this is maybe the thing where you, you know, it's still new and you're still working on it, and it's really small, tight margins, but you have to get out. You know what I mean? You have to get out. And um, we're, we're, you know, seven minutes for halftime. This is three minutes into it, and you're drawing this pressure onto yourself. You know, it wasn't as if Fulham did anything amazing in the first half. It wasn't anything, you know, they didn't weren't special in any kind of way. They weren't threatening in any kind of way, apart from when we gifted them gifted them chances. You know, but Kelleher has to do better. His footwork yeah. was so bad. You know, it's bad enough for Darwin not getting out. His footwork was so poor. He was off balance and it's it, it was almost like you could see when the ball went in, you could see his head buried into the grass. Like he knew what he did. He doesn't need four guys in a podcast telling him, "Yeah, you have to do better." He fucking knows. But at the same well, he's, time, he's a he's a court guy. Can you go around to his yeah. house and just drop a note off from these four guys on a podcast? Yeah, I know where he, I I know the area where his parents live. I'm not stupid. <laughs> I'm not going there. <laughs> sorry, uh, for I mean... sorry for going all Gary Neville there. Oh, when you see the replay, Harland has just missed. Pretty much an open goal, which basically, if Darwin News had done that with a goal, it's the most ridiculous miss of us. Well, apparently, seen. Nigel's nan could have scored uh, the chance that Holland it, it, there. It, so. is, it is one of those. If he miskicked it, he'd have still scored. It's yeah. the weirdest uh, miss of his life. Robbie, what are your thoughts on the uh, Fulham second goal? Uh, Kelleher needs to do better defending all the above. Um, yeah, all, pretty much all what Kev said there. Um, I think uh, I think Kelleher is a bit at fault. Um, the footwork wasn't wasn't great. Uh, I thought he, I thought Thursday would have been a great a great uh, the way he played. He played really well on Thursday, and I thought that's going to set set him up now for today. You know, but I thought I, I, he didn't have he didn't have a great game. In, 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 you know, I, I know. Bracky, you said that that the fourth goal and all that it wasn't his fault, and it wasn't. But he still looked nervous. He still didn't look on it. Um, look, he's a he's a he's our second he's our second choice keeper, and he, and he's he's a decent keeper, but he's not a he's not a, a, a I don't think he's a top class keeper. But I mean, him, how many top class keepers are number twos? You know, yeah. Well, you got you have to accept that a little bit. There's a stack going on at the moment saying Keller's because he's 26 goals, having faced an XG of basically 23 goals. As right. Liverpool keeper, which doesn't sound great, but then let's put into full context. One of those games will have been when we got smashed five nil by Villa, where we played an average age side of seventeen, and his one would have been his debut, the five five which I was at, where we had Sepp Vandenberg at centre back. Back me, do you know what I mean? Yeah. 
It's well, and there was also his last Premier League start was the four all against Southampton at the end of the season. So you add those together, and that's fourteen yeah. goals in three matches. And they're all a bit mental. They're all a bit mental games, which you know, in second string sides, how many games has he played? But it's the main back four. Do you know what? He probably he'll, he'll be fine. Listen, yeah. I think generally, I, yeah, I don't no, worry I about him. I think he'll be fine. No, I think he'll be fine. I think I, I think people are sometimes trying to look for a problem that isn't there. Is he as good as Allison? Yeah. No. no, but guess what? Nobody will be. Exactly. Um, exactly. If anything, the likes of Allison, sorry, Allison, Van Dijk, Matip, Karate, I've got to be a little bit more switched on and mm. be slightly more pessimistic. Going, well, normally we know Allison would say it because he says everything. Just be a little bit more pessimistic, not overly, just a mm. little bit more. Until Allison's back, hopefully for the United game. That's it. Well, I mean, what Kev said about what we needed to do better to prevent their equalizing goal. A couple minutes later, we do that. They have yeah, another corner. They swing it in. Tim Ream gets a good header on it. Kelleher saves it, puts it's it right save. into the danger area. Paulinho knocks it in, and he's well offside. Yeah. That's how so you defend a corner. To be fair, it's a top thing to save. It doesn't count because it's an offside. It's an offside. So it doesn't count, but it's a top save. You know, that's what well, the, people are. the save would count, but the goal no, doesn't just, count. I'll put the save in count because it was an offside. So it's like it's dead. No, the header, the header inside. wasn't offside. The header was directly from the corner. Right, okay. The rebound was, goes to Paulini and he puts it in. Yeah. So I mean, that's a good that's a good save that good he save. made. But I mean yeah. that gets us into halftime, and I was like, some half that was from us. We scored two absolutely gorgeous goals. They scrabbled two goals home from a combined distance of Dirk Kout. It's you're a little lax defending balls coming into the box. We were a little shaky at the other end of the pitch, but it just felt like, especially Leno seemed to be having some handling issues today. I don't know if it was an exceptionally wet pitch or the ball had, you know, Adama Traore baby oil all over it or something like that. Because my brother, the phrase was it fucking freezing. So he said, so he said it probably felt like a, so it probably felt like a brick. When he was catching I checked it. the weather. It was like one degree in Liverpool at Kenny. Yeah, it's not trusty. it's literally it not freezing. It's literally yeah, it, it not didn't freezing. feel it. When you sat in it, it didn't feel it. He said that he said that himself with the win. So he said he probably felt like a brick he was catching. I'm not surprised he was dropping it. Bunch of whiners. Bunch of whiners. We got no changes at halftime. We come back out for the second half. I felt a, a constant thing through us throughout this entire game, Kev, was we lost a lot of the second ball in that middle transition area in the pitch. You know, when the ball was there 50-50s and it fell, we were we were slow getting to those second balls. And I mean, credit to Fulham because that means that they were obviously quicker getting to it and they were on the front foot. Yeah, look, Paulinho is very good. There's a reason why mm-hmm. Bayern Munich were willing to pay £60 million for him in the summer. Be, be 28 years of age. Uh, himself and Ream in the, in, the, in the middle of the park, they're they're two dogs that will fight for everything. And when I was chatting to Chris Goldie the other night, and I was, so we were talking about Curtis, the difference between Curtis Jones and Ryan Gravenberch. Ryan Gravenberch, I thought, was poor. I thought Sabazlai was poor um, in the middle of the park, doing the midfielder's job. You know, the, um, keeping it, rotating it, keep, you know, moving the ball, keeping possession. Looking for smart passes, not looking for Hail Mary, Holy Joe passes. You know, it was, um, you know, not every not every pass from midfield into the forward line need, needs to be a holiday pass. Or, you know, it needs to be, you need to be smarter in the middle of the park. Especially when you're up against two defensive players who you need to move around. And I think that's the difference between what Ryan Gravenberg gives you and what Curtis Jones gives you especially. You know, I think Curtis is probably 
Curse is a bit smarter than in the middle of the park at keeping possession and you know keeping pressure on. I also thought that Fulham played out from our press really well. You know, they managed to to break out from us pretty well. Um, but look, all in all, I was I. As soon as the start of the second half came, I always felt, yeah, we'll get one, and if we get one, we'll get two with Grand. You know, we were playing, we played well, reasonably well in the first half. You know, Bar gift, gifting up two chances, I didn't feel a threat was coming from them. I didn't think they would open us up in any meaningful way. So I was kind of relaxed about it. And, you know, five, five, six minutes in, we get on a counter. And it was flying. You know, Salah played the inch-perfect pass to Darwin. It rattles off the crossbar. You yeah, know, par- at 2-2, par- two, two, that's the one you need to take. You know, apparently you have to the, slot that. Apparently that's the sixth time he's hit the bar from a big chance. I know. And, and look, there's going to be... That's a, that's a habit he's got to get out of. Yeah, he's got to go into a streak where... Those ones hit the top bit, hit the top bins. I've no doubt in my mind. Suarez did that. His, do you remember Suarez's first yeah. season? Okay, and oh, he was my. rattling off the posts and crossbars for fun. It was almost like, is he on bonus payments or something? You know, he just rattled off them all the time. But he kept going for, and he kept getting the chances. So I'm not too worried about Darwin long term. But at two-two, you need that one to go in. That settles everything down. You know, the longer it stays 2-2, a set piece, uh, you know, a long ball, a slip, anything can happen. But you need that one to go in, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, if not that one, then uh, seven minutes later when uh, we have a break, Sabasai floats across, Mo heads it perfectly. What a traditional big man number nine header by Mo Salah. It lands right at Darwin's feet. And I mean, Robbie, all I put is he must fucking score. Yeah, like, I don't know if he slipped or he scuffed his shot, but he's got to bury it. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I thought there might have been a little bit of a slip, but it, it I don't know. I'd have to see it back again, but he totally scuffed it. And, you know, be more pressure from the, the Twitter at you about, you know, he's not good enough and Haaland would have fucking scored at it. And, and you know, but... Would he? Well, after today, yeah, but uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you know, they they should be scored, and one one day, one day we'll pay for it. Um, well, we did get then, loot, didn't we? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I like him. I I I really like him. Not the hair, but I I like him as a player. I think he's going to be a wonderful player in the future. I think we have a you know we have a rough time in there, and uh, I trust. Yeah. Anybody to I, I, I would trust be Klopp to get the most out of him. Um, I like, so I know. Like sorry, I like you said because I, I think he yeah. actually shows as most people will know that he doesn't give a bollocks what, what, no, what no. anyone think. He just goes. I've, I think he just literally woke up when I was going to bring the air to that why? Because yeah. why not? And who cares? Yeah. I don't care what you think. I, I, I think he was he was too uh, he he was too unselfish. He was linking up well with Salah uh, all game, but there was a couple of times he. I fully expect him to have shots, and he passed. He passed. Um, but yeah. that's a, that's a sign that there is a development of a, of a partnership there, which I think is going to be good for us over over. I think both things. I think both things can be right on Darwin, though, can't they? Which is we all like majority like him. I think yeah. he gives. I think she think his all round plays vastly improved from last season. Yeah. yeah. But it's still fair to say he has to be more clinical than what he is. 
he's at the moment feeling a bit like peak Andy Cole at United, where he would score 25, 30 goals for United comfortably. He'd miss a shitload, though. He would absolutely miss a shitload. But that's kind of the player he is. You know, maybe we just have to accept Darwin. He's perhaps just going to be that type of player, which is one week he's brilliant, next week he's you're just going to go, he's got his feet on the wrong legs. Yeah. There was one th- while you while you guys were chatting there, there was one thing that came to my head. I think it might have been in the first half. It could have been the second, I'm not sure. But it's not just Darwin, Mike. Salah had the perfect opportunity when he took a chance on no, he's got a square to the end. And- yeah. Is, a, and yeah, he, he you know, it was on his good foot, he took the shot, but it was at Leno. And like Matt said, Matt, you're dead right. You know, Diaz has had it there on the plate. You know, so there are patches today where I thought everyone played well. You know, there was everyone had moments in the game where they did certain things really, really well. Salad included. There were certain things that he did really well. I thought Robinson did a really good job on him most of the time, but that one point where he had to put that across. I know he's on. Yeah, it was, it was basically the last attack of the first half. I have it down yeah. to the 55th minute in the first half. Yeah, and you have to put that across. Yeah, it's uh, that's that's a tough one, but I mean, it's two-two. We're at the hour mark, and that's the time where regular normal Premier League managers make substitutions. So I guess I'm discounting Pep Guardiola and Eddie Howe because they do not make substitutions. Uh, I'd, be too, I'd be too fair to Eddie Howe. You know, he has got half his squad on the, on the treatment list. <laughs> to be fair to him. Oh, he's got, his, he's got his goalkeeper on there and he's going to end up running those boys into the ground because they've got a heck of a fixture list coming up here, including a must-win game in the Champions League. And He's just going to keep running them, and he's going to run them into the ground. So at some point, yeah, it's tough. We went through this a couple seasons ago. We went through this for a bit last season. Injuries fucking happen. And when it happens to you, when it happens to us, you get rival fans going, oh, injuries are part of the game. And now there they are holding up their injury list and looking for help. Sorry, this isn't the referee thing where we need to put tribalism and bias aside. Too fucking bad. Rotate your players better. Get a better physio team. Don't sign Nabi Keita. That's how you have fewer injuries. William uh, comes on for uh, Andreas Whitehead Pereira. Kearney comes on for goal scorer Harry Wilson. A couple minutes later, we bring on Gakpo and Gomez for McAllister and Sabasly, completely rejigging our midfield, putting Gakpo as the right side at eight, putting Trent as the number six, and fully reigniting the Trent into midfield debate. And then 20 minutes after that, throwing gasoline on said fire. Um, yeah. And then Matip goes down. I mean, we <laughs> I just, just talked a, just... about injuries and. Just a quick update on Matip. Uh, David Lynch just tweeted. Uh, Jurgen Klopp has said, uh, Joel Matip, uh, that will not be a short one. And I think no. Paul Joyce has now just tweeted saying, Jurgen Klopp and the Matip injury. No scan yet, but that will not be a short one. Um, I don't think, I think it's the way he lands. I think when he goes up for a head, it thinks the way he lands. I think he lands all his weight on one leg. So I don't know if he's like hyperextended something in his knee, but that's a slight concern because then you, you're relying then on Canate being able to do Back to back, which we haven't seen do much recently. So no, I, I be, think you're going to be busy. I think mm. I think you're going to end up relying a lot more on Connor Bradley and yep. um, the other the other young fella, the Scottish kid. Name escapes me. Uh, but I, I have a feeling you. I, I have a feeling you're going to see you're going to see Connor Bradley rotated into the starting squad. With uh, Gomez ending up having to be used as a centre back, 
I think Kwanzaa is I another think option Kavanaugh's for sure. got it bang on. I think we're going to see Kwanzaa player play with Van Dyke. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I'm easy either way. It's more it, it's more the options at, at right back for me than, uh, than anything else. Yeah, because I think that's Gomez where you got to becomes... keep. You got to keep Gomez. Yeah, you got to you got to wrap Gomez and Cottonwell as much as possible because not only yeah. that, he's also the cover for left back. Yeah, uh, and I mean Simicast. He started last weekend. He started midweek. He started this weekend. Does he go midweek weekend midweek again? You it's hard to see Simicast playing six seven starts in no. three weeks. Well, me and Kevin talk about this uh, off air, saying like we would expect Simicast to miss one of the next two just because of rotation. And Gomez will do. We'll play. I was expecting Gomez to play the next two games. One day, my right back will give my left back. I just kind of thought that was what you do, just to give somebody a bit of a rest. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, we we're going to play three games. By the time we finish our third game, Newcastle still won't have started their second because of the way TV scheduling has worked, and yeah. it's an absolute disgrace what the Premier League have done to us again this year. This season, this this week, having us playing Sheffield away at Sheffield United on a Wednesday night, and then suddenly we're the TV game on a Saturday morning away at Crystal Palace, while Newcastle get one midweek game on a Thursday and then play on a Sunday. After having played last night, that suddenly Newcastle police are able to police uh, an 8 p.m. kickoff. No problems whatsoever against Manchester United. Not as if like Manchester United don't bring a big travelling support or anything. Weird, you know. So that but Manchester this, City couldn't couldn't yeah. uh, work out how to police a Liverpool Man City game that we had to have it at twelve thirty last last weekend. You know, well, that's not a second. That's not a second or third game. That's not a second or third TNT game that should have been at twelve thirty and they moved to an eight o'clock kickoff. Yeah. So yeah, Newcastle gets those like we get the early kickoff on a Saturday. That's what so. I mean. But this bullshit, this bullshit, they can't move it. Doesn't really wash it <clears> because <throat> literally they went. TNT got United Burnley, which is you know, it, it is what it is. They moved to an eight o'clock kickoff, I think, because of United's European stuff. So like, well, again, I'm not buying this. It has to be twelve thirty because Liverpool the biggest thing. But you know, it is what it is. We're almost three quarters of an hour of the way through, and we have so yeah. much more to get through. So fuck this fixture talk. Seventy uh, yeah. second minute. I wrote down we must win this game. They make a couple of changes. Castagna comes on for Tete. Bobby De Cordova Reed comes on for a Wobi, meaning that at this point Fulham had a Reed, Reed, and a Ream on the field, which I'm a very big fan of. Uh, that flows very nicely. 78th minute. I note that Gravenberch looks absolutely gassed. We're going to need to make a substitution for him. Get on Jones or Elliot possibly. And then I just wrote they're going to score, and then they scored. Robbie, uh, Bobby De Cordova Reed. He, I mean, they broke down our right our their right-hand side, our left, and our players looked so heavy-legged getting back in defense that I don't know if you saw it the same way or you other two guys saw it the same way as me, but as soon as they made that break, it was like, this is a goal. This is just a goal. Yeah, it came, it came as far as I can recall, it came from <clears throat> um, Gravenberg was on the ball, made a, a pass, tried to do a, a true pass into Salah, I think it was, and it was intercepted, and, and it came from there. Um, and like you know, if you're if you're a Fulham fan, again, as you said earlier on, Blackie, that 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 uh, it looks great to you. It's a great move down the right hand side. But if as a Liverpool fan, 
first of all, Simicus, I don't think gets tight enough to to whoever crossed the ball over. Yeah. I think it's more avoidable. Yeah, I don't think Ebu uh, uh, was switched on at all. He looked a bit flat-footed when the ball came across, and then Simicus again was uh, out jumped for the for, for the for the for the goal. And again, I, I've only seen it a couple of times. I don't know. The Kelleher thing, you know, I don't know whether how good or bad he was, or for for that I can't really recall because I, I, I think I, 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 I looked away for a minute in disgust, so um, I, I didn't really it, see the. It replay. felt like the, it felt to me like the uh, John we drew two two last season at Fulham, opening yeah. game of the season, and Trent got lambasted for the Mitrovic opening yeah. goal where yeah. he's got to drop. Simicast is exactly the same. Yeah. You know, and to be honest, this is not Mitrovic. You know, Reed is not no. a he's not a big lad. If you know what I mean, it's someone he should be able to read it better. So, yeah. uh, I did worry when he came on. I always have a feeling whenever he comes against Liverpool, he always just seems to be a nuisance for us. Yeah. Uh, but look, I messaged Kevin. Look, I, I'm happy to be wrong. I messaged Kevin saying, "But me, Kevin said I, I thought we were I thought we were going to do well to get it to three two. I'm not sure if it's getting it to three three, let alone four yeah. three. Yeah. yeah, I've never been so happy to be wrong in all my life. I was well made up to be wrong with this. No. I never. Yeah, I, I, once it went three two, I thought there was never a possibility we were going to get four three. Absolutely no way. You know? See, this no, is no. where the eternal optimist shines in these situations, boys. I can tell you that much because uh, I just on their third goal, Chris Golding says, "In fairness, the Greek looked knackered by that stage." Chris, he, he always looks knackered in <laughs> all the time. Yeah, it's, yeah. No, that man I mean, is he's a hyperbaric chamber in like a proper hibernation. Like, it's like saying Bad Dyke looks handsome. He looks handsome all the time. You know what I mean? It's just, <laughs> that's just the way it is. Yeah. All, all right. Talk. So before we get into the juicy, juicy bits at the end, I'm just going to let everybody know we got about 143 oh, yeah. people in here watching. I see a lot of the uh, our members with their special little icons beside their name in the chat coming up. They all know to hit the like button. If you're not a regular here, please hit the like button. If you want to join as a member, it's $3.99 a month. We do a few shows behind the paywall that are then put out for free podcast download. But if you want to interact with the chat on the live YouTube shows, which is the absolute best way to take in the Talking Cop experience, is to be in that YouTube chat, $3.99 a month and you get in. But if you don't want to pay the $3.99 or you're not sure if it's a good value or not, tonight on the Sunday night show, Gav is giving away, I believe it's 12 memberships. So if you're in tonight's show, you either have to go into your YouTube account and turn on the option to accept gift memberships, or you'll see something pop up in the chat that says somebody's trying to give away gifts. Click here to allow it. You want to hit on that click to allow button, and you may just end up being one of the lucky 12 that gets a free one-month membership to the Talking Cop, and then you can join in on all those good shows. If you're already a paying member, you don't have to worry about it. You cannot receive a gift if you're already paying for it. That's just how it works. But Chris, I'm going to come to you on this because uh, you were talking about it before we started. 83rd minute, we take off the obviously gassed Ryan Gravenberch. We bring on the much maligned Wataru Endo. He uh, has I'll a be... shot deflected over pretty much immediately. We get a corner. Uh, Mo should score. I, that should be the uh, double hundred. I got a I got a two and two zero inflatable helium balloons here to celebrate his double century, and I'm going to have to keep him in the closet for at least another couple days because he did not bring up his double ton. And then another thunder bastard, Chris. Yeah. Total honesty, when I saw he was coming on, I was like, oh, okay. Then I thought, but we need to get a third. 
you know, he's a defensive midfielder. I thought Ross are going three at the back or something funky. I'm going to see something funky. But um, yeah, it fell to where that put me. That stayed hit. Absolutely loved it. And listen, I've defended Endo a loads of the show because I just think he's an easy person to poke fun at because he was the back. Because you know, after we tried to get um, Caicedo, we didn't get Caicedo, we got him. He's automatically disliked. But honestly, that's some hit. It's a great hit. And I think I celebrated well because of who it was, thinking like, that's what you like. It's kind of like if, if Lucas Lever ever scored an equaliser when he goes, let's be fair, Lucas very rarely scored. You just feel the play about who are the squad players making an impact. So, um, Kev Gear, because he got a mess up, he's going, 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 another thunder bastard. I love Endo. Yeah. I think that's all he got off me. I think Ken, I was still thinking, like, it's going to be 3 3, which is quite shit. But I was at least pleased Endo had made an impact. And again, it was goes back to the people aren't as smart as they think they are when it comes to football and football substitutions because it involved all the club subs again, yeah. you know, and it's happened yeah. more and more. It was, I was so frustrated in that second half watching us. Watching Joe Gomez tucking into midfield, where what we needed was whiff off both sides. You know, we needed to stretch the play, and we never did. We did it on the left. You know, Diaz and Costas going forward were stretching the play out wide on the left, no problem. But they were able to tuck in on the right hand side, and it made it a lot more difficult to to pull them out of their shape. So I was, it was driving me absolutely <laughs> nuts. So I thought, if Endo comes on, at least someone can pull onto the wing, onto the right wing, and he can stay in the middle of the pitch. It was, it was ridiculous watching it. It was, it drove me absolutely nuts. But at the same time, he had a he had one effort or before the before the goal that went wide, and it was like a range finder type thing. But this one, bang, hits it three three. And his first instinct, get the ball, let's go again. <coughs> I mean, exactly the right attitude. Exactly the attitude you need. You know, I mean, you watch, and we had momentum then. Yeah. If you watch his YouTube pilots of his the few goals he got from Stuttgart, yeah, it he, was he's came, he's bang, us from, bang us from distance or brave headers. But he, yeah. he, he doesn't score any other type of goal. So we've seen his forte so far. So um yeah, buzzing for him. As I put him in the chat, Lord Endo. That's what you up for him. You know, that's what you want from him. Uh, yeah, I, would start, I would start him next week, next game as well. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to no, say who to leave out because I didn't think McAllister played poorly. I think he's really I mean, coming into just, his own. I'd be for a leg rotation in the midfield thing. Yeah. You know, and it's, if you're going to start Endo, start the dog away games where it's a bit of a it's a bit of a battle. You've got to move your headers, basically play to his strengths, really. That's the new reason. Yeah. Not because I think McCallister was poor. It's just more of a rotation legs thing. And he may be play both of them. Try something a bit different. Yeah. So uh, before I come to you for the uh, 88th minute absolute joy and elation, Kev, I'm just going to point out and pat myself on the back. After we got the corner from Endo's deflected shot before he scored, I have written down, time left to win this 4-3. Let's go. Got to score quickly, though. Feeling yeah. pretty good about myself right there because I mean, Kev, <laughs> Matt, the Matt, you've, also wrote, you, you've also wrote that one with five nil down, though. Let's let's have it right, yes, but <laughs> let's... you got to take your flowers when you end up winning the, when you end up winning the show. So, you know, don't mention it in the games where we don't, you know, we don't get beat five nothing very often. But it's you're you're right, I do constantly believe that there's enough time for us to go and win a game, but in this case, I was correct. So I'm definitely pointing it out. But 
I mean, Kev, the Doobie Goals panel will not take that goal off of Trent Alexander-Arnold. And for me, I'm going to presume that he diverted that ball with his little thigh touch just outside of the box, making all four of our goals from outside of the box. The Scouser. I there mean, were, that's... There were, I, I can't think of a game where we scored four goals and I've seen four better goals. You know, they were unreal goals, all of them. And the thing is, you're right, Matt. It's, it's like you score the third, you get back into it. The key then is to get the next one quick. Go. Just go. You yeah. have to get it quick because if you don't get it quick, it's not going to happen. Yeah. You know, the longer you give a side something to hang on to, they'll park the bus, they'll dog it, they'll waste time, they'll do whatever it takes, you know, to kill the clock. And I wouldn't blame Fulham one bit to come try to come away from that game with a point. It would have been a massive point for them. So the fact that we were able to get it within a minute or two made, you know, it made us squeaky bum time for seven minutes of injury time. But at the same time, I thought it was vital that you had to guess that one, that league goal straight away. You know, it was vital. And it was a really good hit. And it, you're right, it does it does spark the debate about Trent in midfield. That's what he does offer you from that left-sided eighth role because he can come in on his right foot and he's got power. He's got serious power in his in his in his shots. Um, I think it's an option long term uh, for the club, but I think it's an option if Connor Bradley fills his potential. It's an option in games, certain games that you can you can utilize. But just because you move him and play him in ga certain games in midfield doesn't automatically mean that he's not available to play a right back either. You know, he, you he, it offers you just that little bit more flexibility. But we need Connor Bradley to fulfill his potential. I think if he fulfills his potential, I think eventually you will see um, Trent Alexander-Arnold start more games in a 4-2-3-1 <coughs> as that left centre mid making attacking runs. I think you'll see more and more of it. Short term, Kev, though, is it an option for a different setup for corners? Whereas rather than taking the corners, he's one of the ones you say be a bit like let McAllister take corners because he can. We've seen David Brighton. Sabazlai as well. But I suppose you have Trent with what Sabazlai or McAllister's edge of the box to utilize the knockdowns. You know, that's one way of utilizing it a different way is mixing it up. is We've got other guys now. Well, before it always had to be Robbo and Trent because nobody else could take a corner. We've got four or five lads that could take corners. So maybe we now say to Trent, actually, can you just go enter the box? Because if it falls into the box, no one's going to be particularly bothered if, if he tries to take a crack from distance because we know he can do it. That's one way yeah. of sort of getting the best of both worlds. Yeah, it's a possibility. I mean, I I don't foresee him starting too many games in centre mid this season. But it's like we've seen it today. It's an option within a game depending on the situation of the game, that if you want to go, if you need to go and chase a game down, you have that flexibility in your in your system to be able to do it. So having players with that amount yeah. of ability to do different things and give you different options is only a positive. And yeah. by the way, with the volume of games that we have coming up, it I think everyone's going to get used. I think everyone is going to get minutes. I think there's... Um, Going to be some surprising lineups, but the surprising lineups, there's going to be surprising lineups for everyone. You know, Sheffield United are screaming, struggling for Pythian managers on his um, on his last legs there. 
you know. So it's going to be massive now these next two games to keep pace with everyone around us because the way the league is panning out at the minute, it's uh, it's it's survival. T- it, this is this feels like survival month. You know, mm-hmm. you come out the other end of this if you survived, you're you're in the mix. You know, but it, this is a time of the season. I think that you can fall away really quickly. If you don't keep up, keep the pace up with the Joneses, you yeah. can you can fall out of favour really quickly at this point of the season because the games do come thick and fast. Yeah, Awful we're second. we're right in the middle of the combine harvester right now, <laughs> and the wind is blowing, and the separators are going, and we're separating the wheat from the chaff. And if you're lightweight, you get blown away, and you get left in the dust. And it's only yeah. the heavyweights that stick around afterwards. So. Uh, we're approaching the hour quite quickly. Uh, we're going to go around. I think we should do a pick of the litter in terms of what your favorite goal was as well as man of the match. But I would be remiss if we did not point out specifically that even though Darwin Nunez seemed to stray offside every single time we had an attack in the first half and then missed a couple of absolute sitters, he played a vital role in the tying and winning goals. His yeah, knockdown... His knockdown header from Mo to lay the ball off into Endo's path for the third goal is incredible. And then in his follow-on when the shot is spilled by Leno again to hook the ball back over, Simicast heads it down for Trent, put it in for us to win. That's Darwin Nunez not giving up. That's Darwin Nunez not letting those misses get to him. You saw it. I think it was the one – it might have been the one where he hit the crossbar. It might have been the other one where he slips and should score where – you know, everybody goes, ah, and then he gets the Nunez, Nunez, and he's there whipping the crowd up. So yeah. I'm a I'm a big, big fan of that because whether you think Eventually. he's not good enough or not, he plays for Liverpool. He ain't going anywhere. So let's all get behind the guy because I think eventually if it clicks for him, it could click for him. So, Robbie, right, that being said. Yeah, well, yeah. De- and defensively, there's a couple times in the game where he just – he uses that lightning pace going backwards instead of going forward to help make up the the mm-hmm. lack of numbers in defense. And he might tackle like a forward, you know, that's, that's a forwards tackle as they say, but he's still there doing it. So the body, the body helps. Robbie, give me your, uh, give me your pick of the, I'm going to say four, not seven goals. Cause none of their goals were really all that good. What was your favorite of the four goals and who's your man of the match? Um, the answer is the same for both. And um, the, the, well, the own, the, the, I'm calling it the Trent goal. The Trent goal, uh, the free kick in the, in the first half, that was my favourite. Uh, I just love the guy. I think he's great, and you know, I think he's going to have such a such a big big future for us, future captain. And I just love him. And uh, so I was delighted with that. I think he was the man of the match as well. He gets the fourth goal as well. So I I, I think you have to give him a, give him the man of the match. So that'll do me. Trent all the way. Chris, what about you? Harry Wilson, isn't it? Sure, that's the answer. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> no, uh, I would say as as good as the Trent four form was, I think McAllister's is the best goal from a technical aspect. But I agree with Robbie. I'd give Trent on the match. And Kev? Yeah, it's full house. Um, despite his uh, mistake for their first goal, uh, his part in it. Other than that, I thought he had a he had a pretty good game. He was much better when he got when he went into midfield. He was always an outlet. He always looked to progress to play. Two great goals. Um, but my favorite goal was McAllister's because that one just looked it looked the business. You know what I mean? When he hit it, that just stayed hit. And um I love that one. Although in fairness, Trent's second goal 
for context of the game, hmm. the importance of it, the timing of it, the fact that it was the end of the game and he'd run his race. You know what I mean? He'd run, he'd covered some yards on the pitch. That was huge. But I I loved the McAllister one. I really did. But they're four belters. They're four belters. So like, yeah. you know, pick your poison. It, it's perfect personal preference, to be honest. There's no wrong answer here. It's it's yeah. literally just personal preference for me. There I I would say there would be a wrong answer in terms of who the man of the match was, because I agree completely. Uh Trent completely man of the match. I love this comment from Ashley L, one of our members. It says, what a change in mentality from last season from Trent. He's finally growing into the leader we all wanted to see. And I mean, coming up with timely goals like that, I mean, the the last four points that we picked up are on the back of Trent Alexander-Arnold goals. You know, the late equalizing goal against City and now the late winner at home against Fulham. So that's what we want to see. This is the player who I believe the team is built around. Uh, I also agree, for me, the pick of the four goals was McAllister simply because the sound that I made for that goal was stranger than the sound I made for any of the other goals because it sound? was... Ah, it was something along those lines. It Did was, you go full was, Neville? Did you go I, full I, Neville? I might have. I might have, yeah. Oh, you never go full Neville. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, that's saying Did something. Did you blame the Glazers after it? Yes, yes. Always blame the Blaze. Ah, oh, shit. This is the wrong color. This should be green, not red and gold. Damn it. Oh, All no. right, I'll, I'll get it right one of these times. But we've done more than enough. We're at halftime in the City Spurs game. It's 2-1 there. But more importantly, in four hours and 40 minutes, Gav and the lads will be back on the Sunday night to look at things after they've had some time to digest it, have a few more cans, and think about the game and the grander context of things and where we're uh, – shaped up to after the weekend so that's more than enough for us uh robbie anything before we get out of here and um, now let's keep this run going we need uh i believe if you want to if you want the title race we, we've got to get six points from the next two games so uh let's keep going up the reds yeah yeah absolutely chris what about you no nothing from me just look forward to next week hopefully a few more member shows next week we're hoping Mm, yes, we got uh, some more title shows coming on. I uh, quite like Davos tribute show. Uh, all the uh, all the players are starting to disappear quickly. If you if you're not getting on one of these early episodes of the tribute show, you're going to be scraping the bottom of the barrel. The, for... the Sal of the Owl tribute show is going to be amazing. Yeah, yeah, that should be good. And uh, what about sure. you? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> He's great. In the Legends game, you know. Yeah, that's about it. He can still yeah. win. No kidding. Um, uh, Nah, yeah, what do, you, what do you got, Mr. O'Sullivan? I just tune in tonight. Free giveaways, Christmas season, bring cans, loads and loads and loads going on. And yeah, in fairness, absolutely. we were almost we were almost calling this the Blaine Keith show. Because yep. Keith is over there at the minute. And at 3 2 down, it was cheers, Mr. Plunkett. You know, but well, no, here's like, the hope. Cheers, Mr. Here's cheers, Mr. Plunkett. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the hoping that Keith was not in that deplorable crowd of people who uh, bunked off that match early and got onto social media to bitch and complain about the Reds when they were inside getting the business done. Uh, could, stay until the he, end. You can play Keith for both things, but he definitely does leave games early. Yes, I can. Uh, just before we go, uh, Chris, uh, what's going on with the uh, Liverpool women? They play this weekend? Uh, yeah, we've got no. Bristol this week. We've got Bristol this, this Sunday. And then we've got... Everton in the cup after that, and then United before the winter break. So they are currently sat two points off third, which is two points of the European spot. So all going well so far. 
and that's just, that's just, a big know, week. That's two derbies coming up. Yeah, I know. I say one thing: Prenser Park is its own eco climate, <laughs> and it's not a good one. My God, it's a cold place. <laughs> Well, there you go. And we, uh, as we learned last year, you can't year, ever turn around and tell a Canadian it's colder. Let's just yeah, be even okay. even Matt might go to go to press and go. Oh, it's a bit nippy here. Even by Matt's standard, you might say it's a bit nippy. Puts 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 some long sleeves and some gloves on. Maybe look like a proper South American. Double double braided cornrows. But that's uh, that's more than enough for us. Uh, everybody, please hit the like button on the way out. Consider joining as a member. But most importantly, come on back here for uh, 10 o'clock Irish English time for the Sunday night show with uh, Gavin the gang. Minus Keith, presumably, seeing as that he was lucky enough to be in Anfield for what was an absolutely stupendous, uh, I believe you could call it an instant classic. Oh, I got to get this in before I go. I don't know if you guys had it on my international stream. We had two women commentators and they were absolutely yeah. fantastic. They were, they were yeah, fan fucking tastic. What a yeah, breath of fresh air that was uh, from yeah. the dross we normally get. So they were calling it an instant Premier League classic. And I would completely agree. It finished at Anfield, Liverpool four, Fulham three. The Reds keep marching on. We got Sheffield Wednesday. No, Sheffield United away in midweek. We'll have another reaction show for that. Thank you very much for joining us. We'll see you guys next time. Adios. Sports Social Podcast Network.